you said you'd come. Lawrence, hope you're not too late. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Hey, welcome to uh, episode 41 of the Wulong Talks podcast. My name is Jason, I'm the host of the show, as you know. And this week we've done something slightly different. We've actually had the opportunity to um, conduct another interview. As you know, if you've been following our channel, we like to get the opportunity to do these interviews every now and again. Um, And this week we've had the opportunity to sit down with uh, two young creators from uh, right here on these shores in Blighty, uh, who produced their own comic book. Um, well, I'm not going to say much more because I don't want to spoil it for you. So, because um, <laughs> it really is interesting to hear their story. Um, but as I said, you will have a, a short interview come up here where we will discuss with the creators um, what their process was and what the name of the book is and things like that. We'll also give you an opportunity, of course, to, to check out the book for yourself and we'll let you know where you can find um, the book online and so on. Anyway, um, that's enough talking from me. <laughs> Sit back, have a listen to the interview and let us know what you think. Okay. Good evening and welcome to another episode of Wulong Talks. Today is going to be me, Richard, uh, just running the game or running the show. Uh, Jason's actually still here, but he's handling all the technical stuff because I don't know how to do it. Uh, as you guys know, we love to have and support local talent. Um, and I've got an actual friend of mine who actually does something called a one page comic book. Uh, well, he does the writing, and a friend of his actually does, does the art illustration. So uh, we're going to you know, chat a little bit about that and, uh, and just, just wax lyrical. Um, so the first person is Emmanuel. Emmanuel, say hi. Nice. nice to be here. Thanks for having us. Uh, yeah, my name is Emmanuel Adelakun, if you want to yeah. know the full. I'm the writer of the One Page Comic Collection. Uh, yeah, I mean, just a rundown of me. I'm a writer, I'm a b-boy, I'm a martial artist. You know, those are for me, I feel important because it really leads into the style of my writing and everything I do later leads into it. You know, I've been writing for over 10 years you know i started out in um trying to do films short films feature films writing scripts making them trying to sell them hard industry you know i was also doing poetry uh, some short stories a lot of that and uh, also comic books so i started out doing that for a long time after doing that and not really knowing anything about the industry just trying to dive in and yeah thinking i'd be famous in two years you know sell a script go to hollywood yeah uh, didn't really work out, but that's not the reality. And then, um, yeah, after that, I kind of just, you know, sat down and just started getting into storytelling as an art and really getting into the craft and art of it, you know. And uh, went from that to meeting Shango, um, me and him met. And then about, what, two years later now, we have the One Page Comic Collection, which is our, our book that's been out since, I think, February, officially. Uh, yeah, now we're promoting that. and 
trying to get onto some more stuff and some ideas we have going. So yeah. And next is Shango, so you're the artist, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, yeah. hi. Uh, yeah, my name is Shango, or Shango Moloch. Um, yeah, I'm the illustrator, I'm a comic book illustrator, creator, um, all-round artist. Uh, I've been drawing since I was little, as a typical story of many artists. Um, but um, I took a serious step into comics a couple of years back when I thought, um, you know, it's now or never, really, because, you know, life starts to take over and you start going places and going into work. But I thought, okay, let me do this. And I found a competition called the um, A3 London Graphic London Graphic Novel Network um, A3 competition. And um, it was just to do one page, and I thought, let me go for it. Uh, and I did it, and I placed first in that. And um, so that was my first official comic work. And then from there, um, it sort of led me on to doing a talk which was about self-publishing and, and how to you know, get your work out and uh, people of all different levels and abilities within the comic realm were there and this is when I met Manny and that's how our collaboration began and um, off the back of that, two years later, yeah, we developed the One Page Comic Collection. Um, yeah, that's, that's me summed up. <laughs> okay, okay, no, that's cool. Um, so, so how did you guys meet? Because like, I mean, Obviously, you guys didn't know each other before. Like, you know, I met I met Jason in in, in college, mm -hmm. and I was like the geek, and he was like the bad boy, <laughs> and we just happened to have a conversation, and then you know I've been the bane of his life ever since. So I mean, like, you guys have like a similar, you know, meeting. Was it like you know just completely me type of thing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, as you said, there was a friend called Clint. Uh, he put on, he puts on comic book talks and stuff at the at the Westminster Library. He was doing that, and uh, he invited me down for a talk on uh, self-publishing. And he had a panel of people there. I was one of them. Shango happened to be another one, and there were some other guys there. And we were just talking about self-publishing, and it was people that had tried to publish a comic book or had published a comic book, uh, just um, experience, just in trying to comic book. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we met there. You know, I met Shango, I also met another two artists, because there was more artists there. I was in contact with all three of them, you know, and then uh, as time went on, you know, Shango, me and Shango stayed in contact. Okay. The other two, you know, had other things going on, so, you know, they couldn't really do anything, you know. And, uh, yeah, we stayed in contact, started talking, and it was, you know, it was a very, you know, easy relationship, I can say, because I've worked with a lot of artists, and most of them were very precious with their work, they were very precious. With trying to even you know give any type of story advice to them and stuff like that, you know, and you know Shango started off sending me one of these pieces of works that he wanted to work on, you know, and I said to him it's a really big story, maybe we should do something shorter, you know, expecting to get the usual no, this is my work, this is what I want to do, mm -hmm. but it, it wasn't, he was very receptive, and I was like oh you know it's fine, you know, like, so he's actually receptive of just discussing the better way to tell stories and an easier way, it wasn't better, but an easier way to tell stories and grow with it. So yeah, and yeah, we kind of just yeah, went from there. Mm, okay. Oh no, that that sounds sounds really cool. So basically, it was kind of like just checking you guys' ego. Is that yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, no, because obviously we had that, that the conversation about martial arts. Yeah. And so yeah, so that whole thing like sometimes you just need to be able to really yeah, accept your criticism. Yeah. 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 Okay. I was gonna say it's funny because I've got an earlier memory of you. Yeah. I never told you this. Well, because uh, we're both dancers and we're, we're in the, the same scene. We obviously, you know, the dance scene is not that big in yeah. the UK, so we've crossed paths before. But yeah, my earliest memory of you yeah. is at um, Beast of the East Battle. Oh! <laughs> 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 
out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I just remember when you called out yeah, the judge. Yeah, and I was like, who's this guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so hold on. So, so you need to. Alright, so what happened? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, alright, um, there's a judge. Basically, we went to, there's a battle. There's a two on two. One of the judges, who we are, you know, we're boys, we're all cool, you know, but in, in breaking and b-boying, you know, if you have beef, you call someone out. And he had previously voted against me in another battle where I yeah, thought yeah. I'd won, I did win, we won, but he was the one judge that voted against us. And then we done this battle, and he voted against me and my partner again twice. Yeah. And when we finally ended up losing, it wasn't that, that judge's fault. Obviously, there's three of them, it was mm-hmm. a joke. So I wasn't blaming him for the loss, but I just felt he just kept voting against us and yeah, just yeah. had, you know, and didn't respect or didn't really look at how we were breaking so in the interval I've, I've gone up to him and just said let's go it's battle time and he's like huh and he's like yeah and I'm like yeah I want to battle you I don't think you, you're, you're being fair and so we had a, a battle it went off we've done like three rounds afterwards we you know shook hands all good we've known him for ages named FM you know, and we're all good, good boys. But it was just one of those things. Didn't know Shaggy was there. Oh, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you watch it online, it's, it's a bit of a ruckus. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. A ruckus yeah. that went down, that's why. Okay, so, like, that. so basically, you called out a judge. Yeah. The battle. Yeah. And then you beat me. So, I could, I'm not going to say I beat, there's no, there's no judge okay, there. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, just a, so, just so a cipher battle. So, so yeah, yeah, people yeah. start a circle and we just go, right? You okay, go, cool. I go, let's go. Competition. Okay. Yeah. To me, that, that's just like being in school and the teacher tells you off and you tell the teacher, come, let's go outside. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is like that. Yeah. Kind of is. You could say so, something like that. So, so, so I salute you for that. Exactly. That's what happens in breaking. Trust me, happens all the time. Not the first time I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> but it'll be the last, but I've calmed down a bit now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So, um, Tell me about the one-page comic book collection. Uh, am I saying it right? What was the, am I, am I yeah, doing the one-page right comic collection? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'd say um, the one-page comic collection started off the back of um, Scarlet, which was my entry for the London Graphic Novel Network AP competition, and it was just to submit a one-page comic, complete story, and um, I think from that, when me and Manny started talking, we, we really looked at this comic and said, this is, this is a very good, like, concise way to tell a story and we thought can we replicate this is there a technique to this is there something in this that can develop more to create more stories so i think from that we sort of went away and sort of broke it down and sort of developed um using like the known strategies and techniques of telling stories like the hero's journey and things like that we sort of developed a way to tell uh, like a three-stage beginning middle and end kind of story and so from that we, we developed three first yeah, yeah, we had three first. We had three first, yeah. And then and, uh, um, Invaders, uh, Killer Relationships. And Jumper. And Jumper were the first three. Mm-hmm. And Bono. Yeah, and uh, yeah, those were the first three. And um, from that, we put those out, we just put them out. Like, mm. Dundee's, Shango Drew, you know, I saw them, I was like, wow, put them out, got a good reception. And then, you know, I can't remember, you know, we was again having a meeting and we just decided, yo, let's, let's do 10. Mm-hmm. Let's do 10, mm-hmm. let's make a collection and, and have a collection of stories and let's really do this and not just have the three, you know? So, uh, yeah, I ended up writing 20 or 30, you know, based off, like you said, you know, we came with a formula, basically looking at each genre and what each genre does, like, you know, a horror is supposed to scare you. Mm. You know, an action one's supposed to give you a thrill, a burst, you know, a dramatic one's supposed to touch you, you know, yeah. and just trying to make sure that that was the essence of each story. 
pick the, the ten, we picked the ten that we thought were the best, seven or six, we kept the, the first three. We picked seven more that we thought were the best to represent those genres. Yeah. We've done multiple genres, so it would appeal to everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, went about basically, you know, yeah, then getting the stories done, rewriting, Shan was doing the visuals and then going back and forth on edits and stuff and things we need and didn't need. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and realistically, for, you know, for us, it was a challenging storytelling, you know, because the one thing, you know, we realized is a lot of comic book people have their story and they just want to tell their comic book story and that's it. Mm. And but I approached it, <coughs> you know, we approached it like, you know, like something else. So for me it was martial arts. I'm like, when I go to a martial arts class or even dance, you don't come in and just say, I don't know how to dance, I'm just gonna dance. Mm-hmm. Every day you learn, you progress, you wanna be better ten years from now than you were at this moment in time. Mm. And I was and so we looked at it and was like, well, this should be the same, right? We shouldn't just be coming in and just doing a story. We should be like, how can we get better at telling stories? Mm-hmm. If you want to be better comic book storytellers in 10 years than we are now, and the one page was, was an easier way to do that for Shango, because art takes a long time. So instead of having to draw seven pages, one is a lot quicker. Yeah. And you know, for me as a writer, I would maybe be concise in that storytelling and have to really focus on, I'm telling a sci-fi story, what does that involve? What are the bare bones essential of a sci-fi story? as opposed to telling Star Wars, you know, mm-hmm. bare bones, one page, how do I tell you about that story? And uh, yeah, and out of that we got the collection, mm-hmm. a great experience of telling, you know, just really developing our storytelling skills as well, you know, and again, working together as a collaboration, mm-hmm. it's a big project, and, you know, it's our, both for both of us, it's our first published comic book. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so yeah. Okay, no, that's really cool. I mean, um, that's, that's actually really amazing to hear. Um, because I mean, like I said, it, it, it's hard enough trying to write a story anyway, yeah. let alone trying to get it down to, to one page. I think it's one of those things where it's like, it, it, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah. So even like you just, you know, you mentioned of like, you know, the hero's journey. That's, that's, just, that's just amazing. And you've managed to like get it down to, like, to one page. Mm. Um, and I like the fact, like I said, it's, it's, it's going to come down to, again, to like, you know, the whole thing about checking your ego. It's almost as if you guys looked at what would be the most difficult thing for you or something that you wouldn't be able to do and that's what you tackled first yeah. and that's what's allowed you to like to really pull this off so once again i salute you <laughs> and um and yeah no no that, that's that's just really really, really good you let me just blow my mind with that man so we'll be off topic um, I, think, I think i think that's the next step for comics really i mean there's so many like well-established organizations <coughs> and like people that are very good at what they do in the comic realm but it's like people follow these these people uh, mm. and their techniques and methods like Pixar had their method of telling yeah. stories, Marvel had theirs, DC had theirs, and so people sort of jump into the areas within comic storytelling that people hadn't touched because either they they think it's not possible or mm. it's really difficult, you know. Because when I did the one page for that competition, I had a few other friends that are also comic book creators, and I said, "Are you guys entering this?" And in the end, they were like, "No, it's really hard to tell a story in one page," and, mm. I, and that's when I realized, okay. This is an area that people haven't moved into or haven't seen anyone be working in. So I think there are other, there, yeah, there are other ways to tell stories yeah. that I think untouched. And I think this is like one big step into that realm. Cool, nice. All right. Um, influences. I mean, you, you guys come from very artsy backgrounds and stuff like that. I mean, but in regards to this, like, you know, what we influence is like, not who did you want to be, but who did you want to be better than, or you know, if, if that's one way to put it. <laughs> I mean, for me, 
I would say like when I was writing it, mainly I was you know concentrating on the craft. So I'd say influences for that would be um, uh, Michael Bendis, who just wrote a book. He got me when I'm talking about comic books and storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, <coughs> yeah, oh, my head. The old comic book storytelling, writing the uh, writing comic books. Uh, Peter David. Ooh, Peter David okay. is, I would yeah, say, yeah, yeah. for me, the biggest influence. Okay. Because his book on writing comic books is the best book I've read for storytelling, hands yeah. down. Yeah. Comic books are massive influence because you read that and it really breaks down what you're supposed to be doing as a storyteller. What you're supposed to be doing with the characters, how you're supposed to be taking them on an emotional journey and all of that. You know? So realistically that book, you know, I went back to that, I reread it, yeah. you know, to, to do these stories and really make sure that I was focusing on those elements. And like I said, it's one page, I was making sure that they have to still be in there. Yeah. You know, but that book really breaks it down. <coughs> Peter David as a storyteller for me, you know, I remember if you ever read uh, X Factor One, the newer the newer one yeah, in yeah, two thousand. Yeah, yeah. And it's a story of Matt Murdock up on the roof mm. and he's gonna um the mortal man, yeah, and he's wants to kill himself, mm. and he's there, and the whole story is him and one of his clones having a conversation yeah. about whether he should kill himself or not. <laughs> it's a self-contained story, and you know, I won't spoil the ending for anyone that just read hasn't read it, but go read that. And it was self-contained, and within that one issue, it went through so many layers, mm. and then it gets to the end, and it hits you with something at the end, and you're like, whoa, you know. And so stuff like that, I looked at as you know, as an influence. You know, mm. we only yeah. had one page to do, but I was yeah. still like. That was the first time I'd seen someone do something that dramatic and that well done in one issue. Mm. That was really well done. And I was like, you've done it in one issue. Yeah. You know, so for me, I was like, well, you can do it. You can do, you can do it a page, you can do it an issue, if you understand the story. And it just you know, legitimized his book for me. I loved it when you read that and read his book, you're like, this guy, he's not just writing mm. like theories. Oh, this is a theory. No, he's applying it. Yeah. So yeah, I think, yeah, that one and uh, a few little other things like, you know, like you said, people haven't done certain concepts before, so Marvel had a time when they had the silent issues. Yeah. And they had no dialogue and they brought these issues, there was no dialogue, it was just telling stories with pictures. And so seeing something like that again was an influence in the fact that I was like, Wow, that's something different that they mm-hmm. that's that again, you might have said something, try this a couple of years ago. Well mm-hmm. time with you. Write a story with no dialogue, just the pictures. They go, Oh, it's cause it's comics, that's hard, you know, because yeah. comics yeah. are used to that. So yeah, I'd say yeah, those those are the influences for me and just being able to do it and being inspired to do it, you know, and then yeah, stuff like the hero's journey, you know, and the story by uh, Robert McKee. These are all books on storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And how to tell stories and the things you should be putting in and the beats you should be hitting mm-hmm. in the story, you know. So yeah, that was that for me. Yeah, I think with the with the visual aspects, I sort of um, take a lot of influence from my graphic design. So um, uh, I think it's all about sort of conveying the story in the most simplest and easiest way possible. You know, you shouldn't. I I, I notice that a lot of people get really fancy with the panel layout and the boxes and the pa- uh, the, the speech and stuff like that. But I think um, as a reader, you shouldn't notice it. You mm. should only be engaged in the story, and you should know which speech bubble to read first and what order to read them in. And it should just be very simple. Um, so I take a lot of influence from my graphic design in terms of how to lay out um, things visually nice, images, what sits next to each other, what, what's, what goes nicely um, in terms of laying out. And in terms of art style, um, I, I, I try to change it depending on what, what, 
what style of story I'm telling. Um, I've got a lot of influences. I, I'm very like influenced by manga more so than Western comics, I would say. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, I think I, I don't know. I just sort of go with what I feel. Okay, it's good. <laughs> okay. No, that, that's that's interesting. Like the thing that I like once again that, that you guys are, are touching upon. What a lot of people, well, I mean, a lot of people back when I was younger didn't really grasp the concept of when trying to create a comic book because the whole thing was like you said, there is an art. Mm -hmm. And I think it's one of those things that has never really been taken seriously because it has pictures. So yeah. we've all been mm -hmm. kids and you have the comic book and like your parents going like, why are you reading that? It's a pile of nonsense. Yeah. But it's a page, it's got words in it. And yeah. You're still learning yeah. something, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, you brought up, um, obviously, like, um, Amanda, you brought up like Peter David. Like, to me, Peter David is probably one of the best writers in comic book called Dot. Um, and we've done like um, uh, other shows where we spoke about comic book runs. And he's probably done one of the best comic book runs ever. And that was, I think, lasted 10 years. That was for The Incredible Hulk. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Got, I never read Hulk until that one. And I yeah. read one of them and I was just in it. And that yeah. was one of the one where you didn't even see the Hulk that much. There was a, there was a little Hulk smash. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? Cause he, he, I mean, one of my, he was talking about the whole issue of um, uh, multiple men having a conversation with one of his clones, and I think Peter David's one of my favorite issues. I think might be an X Factor issue is where they bring in Doc Samson to do uh, uh, an evaluation yes. of Quicksilver. Yeah. And yeah. Quicksilver's basically just breaking down to like, like imagine being the fastest person. No, I think what did he say something like it's imagine being a irritated. Yeah, why are you irritated and angry, yeah. yeah. Um, and he basically says something along like that like imagine waiting in, in a queue to um, for a cash machine and nobody and the person who's at the front doesn't know how to use a cash machine and you're at the back. <laughs> and you know how to use so and, and, it, and but the whole issue is just a breakdown of this of this person who in essence is just always just kind of being like a, a character that just knows how to run fast. Yeah. But then like you said, there's there's an art to writing. And so, so I like the fact that I said that you, you and you made the, you actually went and made the reference about yeah, you picked up a book and you read it. Yeah. You just can't pick up a pen and start to read. I mean, you can, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean you're going to tell a good story visually. Mm -hmm. And the same thing for writing. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, okay, that's cool. Um, personal favorites from the One Punch comic. What would you guys, what would you guys choose? Uh, and why? For me, uh, I've got, I've kind of got. You can kind of say I've got. One or two, a few, you know. But I would say the um, first one, which a lot of people say, Heavenly Creatures, I have to say, I'm proud of that. Yeah. You know, because it's not, out of all the stories in here, every other story does have a bit of action, it has something. Mm. This one doesn't actually have any action in it, it's just about two monks lost in the forest. Yeah. And it's got a very, and it's a, got a philosophical feel to it. Mm. And when I wrote it, it was one of the ones where, I'm not going to give away the ending to this one, I'm going to <laughs> you have to read it. It was one of the ones where the ending, because this was one of the ones where I wanted the, you know, a tale, a philosophical tale. Yeah, yeah. And, but every, every story has a twist, everyone. Mm. But it's given a philosophical twist that would make people think. So it was coming up with that twist and then, you know, stepping back and really realizing, like, this, this works, you know? Mm. But it's not just that. Now, most people who read the comics, because I know most people like action, I always expect them to say the challenge or, you know, or um, the sheriff, you know, the outlaw versus sheriff, but most people reference heavenly creatures. Yeah. And, and so that's one of my favorites because of what it took to write it. And then also because 
I see that everyone gets it. They all get it, they know it, and it really touches them, you know? Yeah. So I'd say that. Then I would say, because, you know, there's one thing I wanted to touch on with the comics, you know, that involves the favourites, you know? Because I like Jumper for the message, but one of the things I'm touching is halfway through the comic, there was two stages, there's three stages to this comic. Yeah. If you read Invaders, if you read um, uh, um, Jumper, and if you read uh, Killer Relationships, all of them are basically told for duration. Yeah. And so was halfway through, I was like, there's a lot that's told for duration. I want to do some with dialogue. Like, not narration, just dialogue. Yeah. So you don't have the, the captions. Mm. And so that was another step. And then I had to figure out, so why do you use dialogue in a story? And what dialogue is relevant to genres? And that took it to another level. And then there was the next level, you know, we might touch on this later, but the whole Black Panther thing out and all that. Me and Shango realised, it's like, we're not actually drawing and telling stories of black characters. Because mm. we've been so influenced by manga and American comics, yeah, yeah. we've just naturally drawn characters that are, you know, Caucasian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, we're changing this character. And one of them was, um, you've got a. Uh, census animals. yeah. And census animals is why that, you know, that is why the character is black. Mm. It is why we changed it. So at first it wasn't. Yeah. We realised, so we're like, we're going to make him black, you know? Mm. And then we also had a mother's lesson. Yeah. You know, and you know, and again, the, the mother and the, the child are black, and we wanted to make them black. And you know, Shango done a great job of drawing. You know, the mother, she looks. You know, she has a very tribal look to her. Yeah, yeah. She's just got a dress on. Yeah. But the hair, and she's got, she's got the necklace, everything. You know. Mm. And so, you know, for me, story wise, it's just going. What's my favorite ones? It'd be Heavenly Creatures, and it'd probably be the challenge because I just love martial arts. Yeah, that yeah, one yeah, yeah, comes yeah. together so well. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but when it comes to like beyond just the story, yeah, I've got you know, if, you know, a mother's lesson and um, you know, census animals because I really think it was important for us to realize in us to realize we were doing that. And I don't think a lot of artists, not just black, I don't think a lot of artists that you meet from other cultures yeah. realize that mostly they don't draw their own culture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just the influence we've had. Yeah, and then yeah. you realize that and you realize, no, why are we doing it? And start putting it in, you know? Mm. So, and uh, Invaders as well, because I think Invaders for me, again, I'm not going to give away the twist, <laughs> yeah. but Invaders is about uh, an inv you know, aliens coming and invading the planet. Mm -hmm. And I think the ending to that really speaks to just to just the world in general and how human and how human beings are always and have always been. And when people read it, they go anywhere. They're like, yeah, mm. that could that would happen. And people don't know that could. They're like, you know what? Damn, I didn't see the twist coming, and I actually think that that is what would happen. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah, what yeah. we would do. Mm. You know, so yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, Manny sort of touched upon the ones. I think for me, my favourites are senseless animals. Um, because I just like the feel of it. In terms of drawing it, I, I really enjoyed. I like cats. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so I like I like the whole feel of it, the color tone, and the fact that yeah, the the character within it is black. Uh, so I really connect to it. And I also like Mother's Lesson for similar reasons. Um, and yeah, I think the twist in it is is a very powerful one. Yeah, I like I like I like, I like pussies too. Cats. <laughs> 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 I had to throw that in there. Sorry, yeah. I've been a bit calm today. <laughs> um, 
I mean, I'm not trying to sound like a broken record, but I, I like senseless animals and invaders as well. Just for the simple fact, well, basically, me and Jason were talking about a whole one-page comic. Yeah. Um, and it reminded us, I mean, we're not too much older than you guys, but, you know, it reminded us of a cross between Tales of the Unexpected, The Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. and Aesop's Fables. And and, and, any, and any story from the Bible that tells you you're going to do something wrong, or something, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're going to hell. And, um, yeah, so I would actually choose Census Animals and The Invaders as well because essentially that, that's happening now. Yeah. Like I said, without trying to give away too much of a, of a spoiler, that, you know, you've got, a, you've got like a certain amount of the, of, let's say, the populace of the earth just stuck in the middle, and then yeah. you've got one extreme on one end and one extreme on the other end. Exactly. But it, it generally is happening. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I like that. I like it. I like the fact that it, was, it wasn't even necessarily a, a happy ending. Yeah. It's just the truth. Yeah. And that's the thing that I like about the stories that you guys have, have put together. Like some, of, some of them, the, the ending has been quite ambiguous. Yeah. So like the one with the, with the two monsters, I forgot the name of it. Ebony Creatures. Ebony Creatures. You've got one or two things. Either mm-hmm. this person's going to be happy or this person isn't. Or you know, how much is your faith going to take your love? That, yeah. That's how I read it. But yeah, but no, but I just like the fact that um, that essentially we're, that we're living in these times, and once again, it, it boils down to the thing of like telling a story. Stories are timeless, yeah. mm-hmm. and I've always I've, I've always said that I think the best the best type of story is that if you can take these characters out from there and basically you know place it somewhere else and still convey the message, yeah. then you're then you're doing you're doing fucking fine. You're perfect. And once again, then, then, it, then it comes down to the thing of you mentioned about putting black characters in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like, I love that. That's, you know, that's, uh, like you said, I mean, we, you, you, you mentioned one of the influences being, being manga. The amount of characters in manga that are influenced by, let's say, black culture, yeah. but they're given you know, no Caucasian or no mixed mm-hmm. race or yeah. anything else, mm-hmm. it's, it's quite high. Like, I've always, you know, we have, me and Jason have the running joke. In Thundercats, Panther's black. Yeah, that's what yeah, we know that. He's not like a fucking brick house, so yeah. he's got a bald head, he's got yeah. a deep voice. Yeah. <laughs> right. you, you know, you know yeah. Jet Black from Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. I mean, that the same, that this is in his name already, you know, same thing for that. Piccolo from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, blacker than black. So I like the fact that it wasn't so much thing of like, okay, I'm just going to make this person that, because for anybody who hasn't read the comic one page comic book, there's everybody's represented in it. Yeah. But it's the whole thing of like everybody can be rep- can be represented, and it's not just one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, before I, not to like dwell too much on that whole thing of representation, but one of my favorite things that I read about was um, the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. So you know the character of Red played by Morgan Freeman yeah. in the comic book is white. Yeah. He's white yeah. Irish, yeah. and he's called Red because he's got red hair. And then you know, and then I think Tarabon basically said that well, you know, Morgan Freeman did a, a, a reading for the for the for the part and. He created the character, and that was it. <laughs> probably the most popular movie ever. Yeah, listen, so yeah. he made the right choice. You know what I mean? That movie is like yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. Okay, so yeah. No, that's amazing. All right, what what have we got next? Okay, what? Well, the thing is, you put together one page comic book, and it's not superhero based, which is one of the things that people always associate yeah. with this type of medium. Uh, if you could choose a superhero to write, it doesn't have to be one page, it can be a comic book, but just writing in general, you know, who would you guys choose? Mm. Mm. Oh. 
established character already. Well, the thing is, you know what? It doesn't have to be established. It can yeah. just be, you know, I'm, I'm going to make it. I'm yeah. going to make it easy, but that's also hard, and I'm going to explain the reason why after. Okay. You got one? I've got. I've got. Alright. We've got two. Yeah. Let's say two. I'm trying to think of one. The fir- the first one, and d- and I don't even read the comic book. Mm. To be honest, is Nightwing. Now, Nightwing as a character, every time I see that character, I'm like, I just, there's something about that character, I love this character, I love yeah. it. But every time I've actually read something on Nightwings, or, or seen him on one of the, you know, the, the things that come out, yeah. he seems to always just be this character that just gets his ass kicked. Yeah. He yeah. does. Yeah. And you're like, and for me it's never made sense. I'm like, it doesn't make sense, he's a trained by Batman, he goes off on his own, by everything they're showing, he should be dead by now. Yeah. It doesn't make sense because he was the first one, he's got training, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And I've always felt like there's this character there that they haven't shown. And I'm a big fan of of doing what you see good writers do, and that's and that's showing a side of the character that explains them. Mm. You know? So I would either be like explain I would love to tell a story where it explains that he's either holding back because he doesn't because we all know his psychology is supposed to be he doesn't want to turn into Batman. Yeah. He's yeah. wise more friendly, he's yeah. the Joker, yeah. he sleeps with women, he's whatever, you know? But then okay, show is he holding back? Does he get his ass kicked? But he doesn't care because he'd rather get his ass kicked than go into the dark side and actually kick these guys' asses and actually really do the major damage, but then he knows he's gonna turn into Bruce and he might even like it. You yeah, know? yeah. So I'd really like to tell a story exploring him and showing what I think is a character that they've never actually given his just due as someone that is is actually legit, you know? Yeah. So that'd be one. The other one there's probably someone else I'm trying to but I like that. The other one would be Iron Fist. You know, and Iron Fist because but uh, I think Ed Brubaker already kind of done it. Mm. Where he told a story about Iron Fist that completely just said they said there's a bigger story here. Didn't yeah. They? much bigger story and if you haven't read it read it the one where it's the seven kingdoms and you find out that there's the all the others the other weapons and the thing i loved about that is he actually got his ass kicked yeah he didn't, you know he gets ass kicked in it and then you find that he can do more with the iron fist he's just never known yeah. it's not just an iron fist you know but again i think he's a character like he done that and now it's gone back to him just punching things with the iron fist and you're like no there's more to this character yeah i want the more it's there so give me more and for me i think you know, the explanation as a martial artist of just exploring someone's journey, number one, in martial arts, because they've never told truthfully the story of him being a kid, knowing nothing, mm. coming back, learning martial arts, and then even coming to the... I mean, they're talking about, oh, that's always been done. I haven't read every comic book. But as far as I know, there's never been a story. There's always just been the end of this. There's never been the story of he came back to the world and had to adjust. Mm. And, and also, he knows Kung Fu, but you just see him kicking and punching, and they don't go into the actual depth of the different kung fu's, what they are, you know, what one does, you know, the ones that he knows, the ones that he's gonna use, and just, you know, I think, yeah, there's just so much more to explore, because I like characters like that, the ones that are usually not top of the heat, yeah. like they finally done it with Cyclops, and then for years, it was yeah. like, we've got this guy here that, that is the leader, and you don't tell, and finally they, they, they took him deeper, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, those two definitely, I'm trying to think, there's one more for someone, I can't think right now, but those two mm. would be, Definitely off the top of my head. Okay. See now, have you did you think of anything? Well, Manny was. Can I can yeah. I say teams? Yeah, listen, yeah. yeah. It's, it's right. cool, man. Cool. Yeah, Go for it. it. Yeah, because yeah, like I've 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 always loved Teen Titans. Okay. Uh, because of the the teenage aspect, I think 
there's a little one he, he, he connects to characters that are close to your age yeah and um i just think that teenage superheroes go through probably different obstacles than adults do because they are going through adolescence as well and mm. i think i would like to tell or illustrate stories that also don't just tackle the typical there's a villain you know we have to beat them with our powers but they also have lives they have things going on in their personal life um that you know young people go through so um i think i'd like to draw stories like that and also i i would like to maybe draw a story around suicide squad okay I, I like villains okay and i think um villains have there's a lot more to villains than the typical you know bad guy you want to just rob the bank you want to you know, be the evil one. They all have their own stories and reasons why they're doing what they're doing. Mm. And I feel like if you tell their story in, in a way that people connect with them, then they're not they're not villains anymore. Yeah. And yeah. then it makes the story so much more interesting when you have the morals of the hero against the morals of the villain, and you now understand the villain's morals. And I don't know, just put them in the pot, and you're like, okay, I don't know whose side I would be on. Mm. You know, and that's the whole like the anti-hero sort of vibe. I'm, I really like that. Okay. Okay, nice. Um, no, like basically, once again, your choice. Like, well, let's put it this way: both of your choices are basically. I'm, I'm a fan of villains, so the Iron one you're talking about is Ed Brubaker and Matt Fraction. Yeah. Um, which, like, if you listen to the show, it's like, I mean, Jason's here, but he's being quiet. But he knows I'm a fucking Iron Fist fan. <laughs> like, yeah. And um, uh, and Fraction also did a run on Hawkeye. Yes, I've got to get the last two. You've got your last I've two, yeah? the last two, the Hawkeye one. Yeah. Yeah. I had to get that after I was this, I was like, I have to read it. So you chose, and then, have you read the, the Nightwing run by Scott, Mc, the artist by, um, art by Scott McDaniel and written by Chuck Dixon? This is like late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, it was Chuck Dixon, yeah, back yeah, 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 yeah. So, I'm a big Nightwing fan, but I've, I've actually struggled trying to pick up any titles for him in the past couple yeah. of years. Um, because I, I feel the same way how you feel where they don't know what to do with him because to a certain degree I think he's more popular than Batman in quite a few things yeah. but then Batman's the moneymaker and yeah. you know, he's, he's, you know, he's like Mickey well, you know, he's like Mickey Mouse to Disney but um, go pick up that one yeah. Chuck Dixon, uh, Scott McDaniel's Arts yeah, um, and I think it's actually called I think it's called Welcome to Bloodhaven but it's actually probably one of the best Runs I've ever read of Nightwing. Like, li- literally, is I've got Nightwing, um, Hawkeye, and Iron Fist as probably some of my favourite comic book runs that I would always go back to and just read. Um, Shango, you chose Suicide Squad, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I love that idea as well. Just for the simple fact that I think, once again, I'm going to bring it back to the whole thing about writing. People just want to have, you know, think it's just simple just to tell a story of like having a good guy and a bad guy and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And obviously we'll touch upon Black Panther in, in a little while. Mm-hmm. But that's a prime example of like a villain who has a reason. Yeah. You know, like, you know, there, there was a time when, when comic books are being written and it's just like, you know, villain of the week, I wanna take over Manhattan. And then it's like, yeah, but what are you gonna do with Manhattan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and um, and I think that's one of the reasons that I think that's the reason why I like your choice of like Suicide Squads. Um and it reminds me of something that they did with um the Secret Wars that just happened in Marvel where basically Doctor Doom ends up ruling the whole of the multiverse and, and merging them into one. And then when Reed Richards wakes up and he has this conversation with Doctor Strange, and he's like, well, he didn't stop him. And Doctor Strange goes, well, no, I didn't, because he's actually doing a really good job. Mm-hmm. And, it bring, and it breaks it down to that thing of the character of that Doctor Doom isn't just somebody who wants to rule the world. He wants to rule the world and have world peace. 
Yeah. And just that maybe this methods are questionable. But like you said, you break it down to like you know the psyche of that person and what they're willing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, your other choice was Teen Titans. I remember reading the Teen Titans when I was a kid, and literally, I, I I've always been a big Nightwing fan and a fan of the Titans because at some point you get to a certain age when you're a boy and you're like, well, one day I'm going to become a man. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember finding out that Nightwing used to be Robin and that blew my fucking mind. <laughs> I, was, I was like, wow, like, so he was a little boy here and then he became a teenager and now he's like a big person. Yeah. So yeah, so I, 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 I can only say that I like all of the choices, man. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's cool, that's cool. Um, okay, so tell me, after this, what's next for the, for the one yeah. comic? That we've got some, the 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 we've got some ideas. Mm. You know the the general general gist of what's next is, is basically trying to be the next thing we want to do is trying to be more like uh, interviewing storytelling. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. Interviewing. So like the one page was one, and we want to do another volume of that. We do. Okay. We're just still promoting this. Is, is, even though we've been doing it for you know the past year two years. Yeah. You know we know that it's still brand new. So many people don't know about it. Brand new, so we could so instead of rushing onto the next one, it's like we've got to let everyone know about this. Yeah. But then, yeah, we plan to do another one, you know, and uh, and if and if we'll see how it goes, you know, either we do another one or the third one. But we'd like to get other artists and writers involved, mm. get them to collaborate. We want to do some workshops, workshop it with them, and do one with more, you know, other artists and stuff in different styles. And then um, the the next thing we got planned is um, Crescendo done. We we're working on one. Basically, we we're working on another comic book. Mm. It didn't it didn't f- uh, come through in the end. So Shango done a lot of images for that, and they were just single images. Like he was just drawing single single images. It was a uh, basically it was based in Africa. It had a it was it, it's kind of had a Black Panther esque vibe to it. Yeah. So we had a lot of images. When it was over, I was like, you know, you can't just it's a shame just to not do nothing with these images, you know. So um, I was like, you know what? And I had the idea, you know, let's have the images and I'll write text with the images and we'll have like single images and the text running through and stuff like that. So we had that idea and from that idea, it's, you know, we met a couple of weeks ago and it blossomed into doing that. But then all the things that we could actually do storytelling with single images, with, with uh, two panel images and taking it to Instagram mm-hmm. and using Instagram mm-hmm. as a storytelling vehicle, you know, because there's so much you can do with swiping yeah. through the pictures and yeah. it's a story it's things you can do with the grid layout, yeah. yeah the layout so mm-hmm. right now the plan is Shango's got the images and I'm going to write stories for the ones he's already done yeah. you know there's one story I wrote that I had photos with but he couldn't draw images for that so we can use that you know? okay. and then uh, and then yeah we're going to then get on to back to just the lab going to start banging out scripts and Shango's going to do the images and we're going to really play with them um, Instagram and the way you can tell a story through that. Okay. You know? And uh, yeah. Hey, man. No, it sounds good. Like I, I'm gonna keep on saying, uh, you guys are approaching things from a different, different point of view, man. And that's that's is a nice breath of fresh air. Yeah. So yeah, no, I can't wait. I can't wait for that. Uh, okay, we've got about 15 minutes left. Jason did the hand movement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is basically literally like a, like a free fall, man. So yeah. would, would you guys want to write a little bit about it? I don't think I've ever done this before, but yeah, I mean, we were, before we went in there, we were talking about Black Panther. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that going to travel in that? I mean, we've got a big coming up in a couple of months. Yeah, I think, I think, you know what? There's one thing Black Panther, like, first is get out there, 
good movie, well yeah, done. I like this. Smashing it out the park, yeah. you know. Breaking I always tell everyone, yeah, Breaking Bad, I think it just hit a billion or something. Yeah, something yeah, like, yeah just smashed yeah. it, you know. With, you know. Then on the flip side, I always say, you know, as a storyteller, yeah. because, you know, there's what the, there's the public and you give them the story and you give them what they need. As a storyteller, yeah, I've told people that, you know, you know, personally, I don't think it's the best Marvel movie ever. It's no, not. no. I don't think it, and for the first one to be anyway, would be a bit funny. If the second one comes out, they can up it. But to say the first one's the best ever, it's kind yeah. of like, well, where did they go from here? You know, yeah, the first yeah, one yeah. done what it did, it was a good movie. But I think this, but I hope in the second one, they go deeper with the story, you know? I hope they go deeper in uh, showing T'Challa and how he trains, what he trains, where he lives. Because in this one, you know, like I said, me and my friend spoke about, we spoke about it, you know, the scene, for me, T'Challa wasn't the, the, the best character in this. For me, it was uh, uh, Naka. Yeah, Nakia. Nakia. Yeah. It was his second in command, the general. Okay, okay. The Koye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, the, the Gorilla Lord. M'Baku. M'Baku. And it was um, uh, Killmonger. For okay. me, those yeah. four characters, were really they made that movie. Yeah. T'Challa in that movie for me kind of was just T'Challa. He yeah. was there, he was supposed to be the Black Panther, he went through being the Black Panther, he lost, he came back, he won the day. Yeah. You know? But like we spoke about, he did have this journey where he started off as like in the beginning he was nervous. But yeah. then he didn't go through a journey of he's nervous, he has to learn. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it's kind of felt like they should have done that. They should have like I said when he got thrown off the waterfall, we should have followed him. Mm. We should have followed him, beaten, destroyed. He knows that he's let his people down, that he's lost his fight, and ends up having to to journey his way back. I don't think he should have got saved by his mother. He shouldn't have got saved by anyone. Yeah. He should have had to journey his way. He should have had to fight the guerrilla guys and learn the old ways because they don't use technology. That's what they say. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's why they don't like him and learn the old ways. And then you know, come back as the Black Panther and even have defeated Killmonger without a sibling. Yeah. Didn't need it because he's learned the way to be. And he, and, and it's kind of like what it sh- for me it should have been not needing that. Yeah. It should have been about him knowing that he is the Black Panther. And then maybe having the vision and then saying, yeah, you, the serum isn't what makes you the Black Panther, which is what we missed. You are the Black Panther. It's the journey and him coming to that fruition. Which, and I don't say it's the worst movie because it doesn't have that. I just hope that it touches on that in the next movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It touches more on those deeper aspects. This movie, I understand Hollywood, I understand this movie was the, I'd say it was, it was a safer movie to make. Yeah. It knew it hit all the buttons, it knew it gave people what they wanted mm-hmm. without going deeper and maybe them being afraid that people would like say, oh, the middle bit kind of lagged. You know? yeah, yeah. I don't personally think it would have. It would have smashed out the park anyway, yeah. but I hope the second one comes through with like some more deeper. And about the other tribes, who are they? Yeah, the yeah, names, yeah, 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 yeah. What do they do? How mm. do they fit into the whole story? Like really make a world out of it, you know? Well, I mean, because I've only seen it once, and I, I do need to see it again. I just haven't had the time. Um, but it did, it did remind me of like a, a, a Black Panther comic book that actually got cancelled last oh, year, yeah. called The World of Wakanda. Okay. And that's what this felt like. Like when I sat down and I thought about it, and it's like. As much as okay, you just you might need like a focal point for where the story can then expand from. Yeah. But then essentially, all the other subplots of the film are what drive the film. Yeah. And that's what I found really interesting. Like mm-hmm. you said, and a lot of people have said that that T'Challa wasn't the most uh, engaging or the most uh, most popular for them. They 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 they've gone to other people. But I do like that fact. But it, um, it did remind me of like the world of Wakanda. So you've got that tribe here, you know, that tribe here. What has happened here and yeah. what not. And like I said, they could definitely delve into a bit more. Mm-hmm. 
But um, it wasn't like I just sat down and just really, really thought about it because obviously everyone's saying it's the best movie, movie ever. Yeah. And I left thinking it is an amazing movie, but is it the best movie? Yeah. No, it's not. It's not. Is it better than Iron Man 1? I, I wouldn't say it's better than Iron Man 1. Cause, and I think not because Iron Man 1 just uses use the perfect blueprint. I call, it, I call Iron Man 1, I call the blueprint that it uses um, the Superman Christopher Reeve blueprint. Oh, yeah. Which is like at that point has never been done before, yeah. and and something that you guys do with your story is that you break it down into the essence and then you put everything on top. Mm-hmm. So you watch like Superman one, the first movie, and it's written by um, Mario Puzo, yeah. the Godfather. So this film isn't like the Godfather. It's not about the mafia. It's not about Superman being a superhero. It's about a coming of age journey. Yeah. And that's what and that's what I like and that's and I, and I mean you don't really get that in Black Panther, but it is the uh, that was our friend Ricky. <laughs> She's a nice lady. Yeah, she was a telling us off. Um so yeah, yes, yeah, so Black Panther, yeah, so that's yeah, that's something I definitely need to definitely need to see again. I'm, I'm happy to try and Shango, did you wanna add anything to that as well? No, you sort of touched upon the same thing that I thought was missing, which was, you know, the depth of connecting to the characters. Because there's a lot of things that I think happened in the film and I didn't feel emotionally engaged enough to care mm-hmm. yeah. you know, like when, when certain characters made certain decisions or made certain turning points then I was a bit like okay I know that that was a very important role uh, an important moment but I didn't invest I wasn't invested enough in it to be really emotionally connected and I think that's that was what was missing that emotional connection I think um, because obviously it's such a, a key film that to have like you know black characters set in Africa like it's such a big thing and I feel like the director really wanted to show the world. Yeah. And it has that it has that feel, you know, where yeah. it's really engaged in the world yeah, and you yeah. can see what it's like. But it, I, I feel like it, it didn't hone in on, you know, who is T'Challa. Yeah. What is he about? You know, why does he do what he does? And, mm. and also the characters around him, you know, who are they to him? Yeah. Why why do they care so much? Like what are their relationships and things and like you know, it was like a, a bit of seasoning. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was there, yeah, but it yeah, wasn't yeah. deep enough for me to be like, okay, yeah. that was deep, you know? Yeah. And, and there's there was one other thing that took me a while to figure out. There's something, I was like, there's something missing here. And I didn't feel the director had an actual style because all the shots for me were safe shots. Yeah. And there wasn't like, for me, it's the Black, it's the black Panther and set something different. It's Africa, and, you know, and, you know. I was like, it hit me, and I was like, it was a standard movie. Mm. There w- there's no shots in it where I'm like, that shot was amazing. Do you yeah. know what I mean? There's no sequences where I'm like, the way they shot that sequence was yeah. amazing. Yeah. You know, and even just like the like the scene at the beginning, mm. like right at the beginning, you know, I was like, I was like, okay, they're in the jungle, mm. and then he comes out of the jungle. But like, you could have easily had like the camera, like his, you know, his POV running through the jungle, and you mm. see this thing going through trees. Flipping, yeah, yeah, yeah. and while the, the 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 guys are talking, the soldiers are talking, you know, and yeah, then you yeah. see, and they're talking, they're talking, and all of a sudden, boom, he's there, yeah, yeah, and he's just there, you know. Mm. It kind of is like he comes out the jungle, he fights people, he goes back, you know, and it, so, and I just didn't feel that, that when you saw him, yeah, there wasn't like he's different. Yeah, you know what, this is different. You're in, it's yeah. a different style, yeah, different yeah, place, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you've actually just touched on something that. And it's something that, for example, say like when you watch the Spider-Man movies, there's always that shot of him swimming through New York. Yes. So I understand what you're saying, the whole thing about having running through the jungle. Having, you know what, as cliche as it may sound, 
how come you want to live alongside a fucking rhino? Yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it know, is. That's so what they yeah. do in every Tarzan. <laughs> Why? Because it's Tarzan. He runs into the animals. Yeah, yeah. 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 swinging and yeah. they have their thing. So it was like, I wanted to see, like, he's got the claws. I want to see him on a tree, like, just hanging from it. Yeah. You don't know until you look in the corner of the shop and he's up there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you don't hunt. Yeah, you want yeah, to see him hunting. You want to see him, you want to see him being the Black Panther. Yeah. And it has to be stylized and shot that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. As opposed to just relying on the costume. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No. And the CGI yeah. of it. So, yeah, yeah, I think, again, it can happen in the second one. I really hope they find a style to it. Mm -hmm. And a style that not only tells a story through the actors, but through just the style and the motion of the camera and the way they use certain things in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. No. Okay. That's cool. Okay. We're coming towards the, the end of the show. Um, what do you guys got planned for the next couple of weeks? Any, any, any battle? Because you know we've got a, a bunch of listeners and everyone's interested in those different things. Any battles? Uh, well, if people are interested in different things. I've got a footwork battle. Well, there's a big hip hop dance battle going on. They're doing popping. They're doing hip hop. Uh, they're doing breaking. There's going to be a footwork battle that's going on on March uh, Saturday, twenty fourth, down in King's Cross. It's called Get Hype. Uh, circle burners, you can go online, go on Facebook, type in Get Hype Circle Burners. Uh, it's also on Instagram, and uh, yeah, you can find out about that there. Yeah, I'm currently working on an uh, animation for a show um, by a company called Spoken Movement. They're going to be performing at the Sadler's Falls Theatre um, second week of April, um, so the animation will be involved within their performance piece. Okay. Um, Coco, Kwan. Um, really good work, really good work. Yeah, talking about the same sort of messages of like you know black characters and yeah. things like that. So yeah, that's that's in the pipelines for me. Yeah. We also um, just found out today. It took ages. Yeah, it probably we could have gone into that actually because we didn't go into like self publishing and and it's a hard thing. And and uh, one thing you know to touch on is. The comic book industry in the UK, there's no information out there, no one tells you it's, it's all American, yeah. semi American. So we had to find our way. Part of finding our way was now someone's co going to comicology. Comicology, yeah. So comics now going to be on comicology. Nice. It got it got approved, a few little things got around that. Now it's approved. It took three weeks to a month to actually get the last process. I was actually going to email them today and be like, yeah, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. like three weeks. And we've got the email today, so on March 21st, you can now also get our Comic Con Comicology. It will be on there, the one page comic collection. Yeah. Next, we're going to look at the Netflix one because they're doing comics as well. And you can okay. use Netflix as a new comic book streaming thing. So I'm going to look at that and see if we can get it on there. But yeah, 21st of March, Comicology, one page comic book will be there as well. Okay, and that physical hard copy uh, for yeah. old people like me who like to. Amazon, <laughs> you can get yeah. the physical hard copy, it's out on Amazon right yeah. now. So you can just, just go on Amazon, which you type in the one page comic collection, it'll come up. Um, so you've got it on Kindle if anyone wants to buy it for their Kindle. Uh, me and Shagra will be, we've ordered our copies at um, 30 of them, we're like 15 each, which we're going to sign. So if anyone wants to buy them off us, there's a few people on the yard, we will have 15 copies each. Then we'll also be signing them to selling mm -hmm. people, no posting package, obviously just need us give it, you know, money exchanging hands. You know, so yeah, we'll have that. And like I said, yeah, Comicology, hopefully Netflix soon, if that one works out. I'm also going to then start looking at stores and now we're just online yeah. in the libraries, conventions and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, all right, so finally, uh, where can these, where can everybody find you? Uh, you can find us on, my Instagram is, uh, 
we'll put obviously you can put the link up. It's my name, Manuel uh, underscore Elecon A D E L E K U N. You can find me on Instagram, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, you can find us also on we've got uh, Instagram the one page comment collection or one word on Instagram right there which you can find on Mr. Shango's Instagram my Instagram our Facebooks I've got a website which is my name again manuallelecon.com Shango my Instagram is shangamola um, or one word and also my Facebook is oshikon O-S-H-E okay nice nice and obviously I get to have the last word because I'm not statistic you know where to find us. Uh, so for Instagram, it's uh, Rich Reviews. And okay, okay, you know, I'm Jason telling you I'm talking too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, at the end of the show, you know, um, the thing will pop up now to tell you, tell you where you can find us. Uh, thanks for listening, guys, and we should see you next week. And uh, click on some of those links that we've been talking about today. Okay, bye-bye. Yeah. bye bye. If you like what you just heard, why don't you follow us online? You can find us on Twitter at wulongtalks.com on Facebook at Wulong Talks and on Instagram at Wulong Talks. We also have our blog which we update uh, kind of regularly and you can find us there at www.wulongtalks.com. If you have any ideas for topics or would like us to feature your geek-based products or business on our show, you can always get in touch with us via email at wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com.